Hello, and welcome to AOL Church, a place to connect. This is where we gather together common people and equip them to live connected lives. AOL Church exists to connect with God, connect with people, and ultimately connect people with God. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. Now, let's listen in on this week's sermon. Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. It says, but this is that. Somebody say, this is that. This is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. Any young men, any young people want to see visions from God in this place? And your old men shall dream dreams. Any saints of God, you want the Lord to give you dreams? You want God to speak to you? This is that. We are living in that time right now. God is going to pour out His Spirit. And our sons and our daughters will prophesy. Our young people are going to see visions. Saints of God are going to dream dreams. I want to speak to us. Simple subject. This is that. This is that. This is that. We have that. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Let's rejoice. Let's thank God for what we have, for the revelation that we have, for the power that we have. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've given us. Thank you, God, for what you have placed in this church and the lives of every individual. God, we don't want to waste your spirit away, Jesus. But we have it. I have it. It's inside of me. It's living inside of me. I just have to let it out for my world to see, for my community to see. I have it. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. I want to tell you tonight, I am an eyewitness of Pentecost. I am an eyewitness of the apostolic outpouring of the Spirit of God. I remember receiving the Holy Ghost like it was yesterday. It was an experience that I will never forget. Every time that I think about it, I get chills in my body. Every time I think about when the Spirit of God first came into my life and I spoke with other tongues that the Spirit of the Lord gave me utterance. I remember the car ride when I was four years old. I remember it was crystal clear like it was yesterday when I told my dad on the way to church, Dad, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. And I went to that church and I went to the altar after service and I put my hands up as a four-year-old child sincere wanting the spirit of God in my life and I remember that the spirit of God began to reign in that place and it filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost after about two and a half hours of waiting for God to fill me with the spirit of the Lord I remember the feeling. I remember that I could not go a day without speaking in tongues. I could not go a day without stirring up the spirit inside of me. I am an eyewitness to Pentecost. Our first lady is an eyewitness to Pentecost, somebody that was raised as a Catholic, somebody that was raised as a traditional Catholic but had hunger. And somebody spoke to her at a restaurant and invited her to an apostolic church that she's at right now ministering to today. 
God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. She was baptized in Jesus' name, and she prayed for my father for four and a half years before he ever stepped foot into a church building. He thought we were crazy. He thought this was for the past, but when he had an experience with God, when he had an encounter with the Spirit of God, God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We were not perfect. We did not live perfect lives. We sinned just like you did. We were born in sin just like you were. But God had a purpose and God has a plan. What should have ended in death, what should have ended in destruction, what should have ended in misery, God was able to turn that around. I am an eyewitness to Pentecost uh, and nothing can dissuade me. Uh, nothing can make me not believe uh, in the power of Pentecost. Uh, nothing can confuse me. Uh, no false doctrine uh, will make me question it. Uh, nothing can convince me otherwise. Uh, I am an eyewitness uh, of the Pentecostal movement. You are an eyewitness. <laughs> of what Pentecost can do in somebody's life. Some of us were dead in sin. Some of us were drowning in guilt. Some of us were sitting on a bar stool. But you are an eyewitness of what Pentecost can do in your life. I don't make a claim to be 2,000 years old, but let me tell you something. I was there in Acts chapter 2. I received the same experience that they receive in Acts chapter 2. And the reality is this, the very same Jesus uh, who came in power in the upper room uh, and manifested himself uh, through his spirit uh, is still in this church today uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and he can still do what he wants to do. Uh, he can still move uh, how he wants to move. Uh, he can still feel how he wants to feel. I want to tell us tonight uh, that apostolic doctrine uh, is that every believer should be filled uh, personally uh, with the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, not just in theory, uh, but every single person uh, needs to have encounter to be filled uh, with the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. If you're watching online tonight uh, and you don't have the Holy Ghost, uh, it is the will of God that you be filled uh, with the gift uh, of the Spirit of God. If you are in this place uh, and you've never spoken in tongues before it is the will it is the plan of God for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost if you had the spirit of God in your life but you have not stirred up that spirit in a long time it is the will of God that you stir up that spirit that is within you on a daily basis I want to let you know we're not the only ones that have this revelation. We do not possess some new revelation of being filled with the Spirit of God. The very reason that we exist right now, the very reason that we're here right now, that we have a Pentecostal experience today is that the fire is burning everywhere. We're not alone. Let me tell you something. We're not even alone in this city. The Holy Ghost is being poured out. Has anybody in this place, have you ever thought to yourself, man, I wish I was living in the apostles' time. 
I wish I was living back in Jesus' day. I wish I was living back in the days that the apostles lived in. You know, the days in the apostles where there were miracles and there were signs and there were wonders and the Holy Ghost was being poured out and the Holy Ghost was falling and people were being baptized in the Spirit of God and the lame were walking and the dead were being raised and the deaf were hearing. Blind were seeing. Anybody ever said, I wish I could live in those days? Those must have been glorious days. Those must have been amazing days. I have thought to myself, I wish I would have lived in those days. I wish I could have experienced what they experienced. I sure would have loved to live in that time. We see these glorious miracles. We read about these glorious healings. We read about these infillings and these outpourings, these signs and these wonders. But the one thing we tend to overlook when we read and when we reflect on all of this is the intense prayer that it took to get them there. And the intense prayer that it took to sustain them through all of that. We are living in apostolic days. This is that. This is that. We are living in apostolic days. But let me ask us this. Are we living in apostolic power? We're living in apostolic days. But really, truly, are we living in apostolic power? This is my question to AOL Church tonight. How is this church going to get back into apostolic power? Power. Well, it's definitely not going through the motions. It's definitely not doing the same old, same old. It's definitely not doing church as usual. How do we get an apostolic power? Well, we should look back at how they did it. Not how somebody else is doing it, but how they did it in the Word of God. It all started in an upper room where 120 men and women who recognized the immense work that was before them and understood their inability to accomplish something in their human strength or their human ability. So they set themselves to start praying. They set themselves to start seeking God. They set themselves to start crying out in faith for the promise of the power of the Most High God to come to them. And so they came together in one place. They were gathered together in one accord. That's why unity is so important. That's why when we extend the vision of this church, that's why every Wednesday night we pray for the power of unity. Because when they came together in one place, that's why it's important that you are right here, right now, in the house of God. When they were in one place, in one accord, the Spirit of the Lord started to move. And suddenly, heaven started responding to earth. That is my prayer tonight. God, I want heaven to respond to earth. I want heaven to rejoice with us. I want heaven to act with us. And heaven started responding to earth. And the very same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead came rushing into that room like a mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And the strength of God, the mighty Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God came suddenly upon them and sat upon them as cloven tongues as fire and filled every one of them until they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. This is what we have to come back to. 
This is what we have to revisit. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and tarry until. How long, God? Until. How long is until? As long as it takes. No, not until you're ready to check out. Not until it's ready to eat dinner. Not until it's ready to go to lunch after Sunday morning. Until however long it takes. How long should we worship until we have a move of God? Until however long it takes. How long should we praise Jesus until we see apostolic demonstration? However long it takes uh, until heaven is open, uh, until our weakness is clothed uh, with the strength of God, uh, until we get flesh out of the way uh, and allow the Spirit of God uh, to move how He wants to move, uh, until the fire of God is set upon every person uh, in this building, uh, until it sets us on fire, until it saturates us, uh, until our tongues speak uh, by divine power and utterance and authority uh, through the Spirit of God. So they did what God told them to do. They waited. Somebody say they waited. We can stop there for a second. We can talk on that. They, they waited. See, waiting is not so popular today. Waiting is not so famous today because we live in a microwave generation. We want everything on our time. We want everything to work out how we want it to work out when we're ready to make a move. But the Holy Spirit, it could have been rushed in there. It could have just been rushed upon them as soon as they reached the upper room. But there is something powerful in our waiting. There's something powerful when we begin to tarry and allow the Spirit of God. When we say, God, get my agenda out the way. God, get my will out of the way. Do what you want to do. Let your spirit move how your spirit wants to move. Can I tell you that our motives are exploited when we start to wait? Motives are exposed when God says wait. Attitudes begin to be corrected when God says, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pray. Hunger is increased when we start to wait. Lukewarm souls and half-hearted people are sifted out when God says, wait. Because waiting increases our capacity to receive what God has for us. Waiting is the way that God prepares me. Waiting is the way that God prepares you to receive what he wants you to receive. The willingness for us to wait, the willingness for us to tarry, the willingness for us to say, God, let your spirit move, reveals the value that we place on the very thing that we are waiting for. The greater value you place on something, the longer that you're going to be willing to wait for it. The greater value you place on something, the longer you'll be willing to pray about it. The longer you'll be willing to bring it before God. The longer you'll be willing to pursue and persevere after it. Tarry until power comes. Linger in my presence. Pray in my presence. Can I tell you the very reason I believe we are not experiencing apostolic power today, right now? Is because there is little apostolic prayer. That's what I thought I'd get. The reason we're not experiencing apostolic power is because we can barely make it through 30 minutes on a Wednesday night to go before God and to tarry and to wait. The reason why some of us are not seeing healings happen, 
deliverance is performed is because we have no prayer life throughout our week. Because we're not praying about it. Because we're not talking to God about it. Yeah, we're talking to other people about it. But we're not talking to God about it. I want to tell us tonight uh, when the AOL church, uh, when the apostolics of Lynchburg, uh, when we... When we live up to that sign that we have in the front of this church, when we get back to apostolic praying, we're going to come back to apostolic power. When we start praying about miracles, signs, wonders, and feelings, we're going to start seeing it. We're going to start walking in it. We're going to start operating in it. Some of us need to get the attitude, God, I will not let you go. God, I will not pass you by until you bless me. I will not let you go. I will tarry until you pour out your spirit upon my life. I will not let you go until you clothe me with power. I will not let you go until you fill me with your spirit, until you consume me with holy fire. I will not let you go. I will not check out until rain of revival, until the rain of your spirit starts to fall in this place don't check out on God don't rush God's timing be sensitive to what the Lord wants to do God after they prayed after they prayed after they prayed after they tarried see we want miracles without praying we want a great church without praying We want a bigger building without praying. We want freedom in our homes without praying. We want a divine move of God. We want the Spirit of the Lord to bust through this place. But we want to rush through our prayers. After they prayed, the Bible says that the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. The Bible says they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a fresh baptism of apostolic power that came upon them when they prayed. I'm telling you, God has been convicting me lately that we need to get our prayer lives back. We need to get our prayer closets back. God's been convicting me. I don't know about you, but God's been speaking to me lately. He's saying, Daniel, you need to get your prayer life back. Your prayer life needs to be growing. Your prayer life needs to be doing better. Do you spend more time on Facebook than you do praying? Do you spend more time on social media than you do praying? Do you spend more time watching movies than you do praying? Do you spend more time doing leisure activities than you do praying? I want to tell you tonight, uh, the devil is not afraid of our lights. Uh, they're nice, they're cool, uh, but Satan's not scared of our lights. Uh, he's not scared of this projector. Uh, he's not scared of our AC. Uh, the devil's not scared of our programs. Uh, he's not scared of our small groups. Uh, the devil's not afraid of my talent. Uh, he's not afraid of your ability, uh, but the devil and all of hell, they are afraid uh, when we come together and we start praying and seeking the face of God. I'm telling you, uh, when the church uh, really gets down to business uh, and starts praying uh, with apostolic power, then the church uh, will emerge from this place, uh, clothed with the power of the Spirit of God. And that uh, is what the devil is afraid of. That uh, is what Satan is scared of. 
I want to tell you, when you start praying, you can't box God in into four walls. When you start praying, you can't keep here what you received. You've got to let it out. When you start praying, you're going to start fasting. When you start praying, you're going to start sacrificing. When you start praying, it won't take three songs and a sermon to stir something up inside of you. When you start praying, you'll come to the house of God ready to give God everything that you have. When you start praying, we can't hold what we have inside of this room. When they started praying, they could not keep it to themselves. It was too big for that upper room. We've said it before. What we have is too big for what we're in. But in order to let it out, we've got to start praying unto God. The Bible said after they prayed and they began to make their way into the streets and they were so overcome and they were so heavily under the power and the influence of the Spirit of God that they were speaking in tongues in the streets. And I ask you, if you're scared to speak in tongues in here, if you're scared to be bold in here, if you're scared to believe in God for miracles here, how in the world will that happen out there? They were so overcome. They were so under the influence of the Spirit of God that they were speaking in tongues in the streets. God, I pray that a revival would break out in the streets of Lynchburg. God, I pray that apostolic demonstration, who cares what they think about us? What do we have to lose? We have a whole world to lose. There are souls to lose. God, I pray that apostolic revival would break out in the streets of Lynchburg, Virginia. And when it got out in the streets, and when they were bold, when it got out there, it was as then as it will be today. That there will be all different kind of people that will show up when apostolic demonstration starts to happen. When God starts to move, there will be all different kinds of people that are going to show up. You're going to have your skeptics. You're going to have your doubters. You're going to have your scoffers. You're going to have your mockers. I hope there's none here tonight. You're going to have your fearful. I hope there's none here tonight. You're going to have your religious. You're going to have your traditional. You're going to have your self-righteous. But thank God, inside of that crowd, thank God, somewhere on those streets, there were some people that were hungry and thirsty for something new in their life. Thank God that there was somebody that those people contacted on those streets that wanted the reign of the Spirit of God to fall in their life. Thank God there were some people that are looking for the real deal. Let me tell you, there are people on your job. There are people in this city. They are looking for the real deal. You just have to let it out. There are people that are hungry and thirsty. There are some people that are tired of dead, dull, boring religion. There are people that are tired of tradition, and they are ready to receive something from God. I want to tell you something tonight. We have expended too much energy. We have expended too much time on people who doubt. We've expended too much time on the critical and the religious, trying to make them hungry, trying to force feed something from God in them, trying to convince them of the goodness of God. We've expended too much time and energy trying to get people to stretch out and reach for more and become passionate for God. 
AOL Church is here for the hungry. Apostolics of Lynchburg, we are here for the thirsty. We do not have time to waste. Time is of the essence. Time is running out. You don't have time to waste another service. You don't have time to waste another moment. We're not going to try to force feed the gospel into somebody's mouth. We're not going to try to force it down somebody's throat. We're not going to try for them to go run and for them to force it down their throats. We are just going to present it to them and say, if you want it, you'll get it. We are going to preach the word of God. We are here for the hungry. I'm here tonight for the hungry. I'm here for the thirsty. I don't have time to waste on the critics. I don't have time to waste on the scoffers. I don't have time to waste on people who aren't with me. I'm here for people that want a divine move of God. We are going to preach the word of God without apology. We're going to put his power and anointing within your reach. And if you want it, and if you're desirous for it, if you really want it, you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll reach out and grab it. You'll reach out and respond to it. I wish somebody in this place would stand up, lift your voice, and say, God, I want that. This is that, and I want that. This is that, and I want that. I want it like never before. I can't live without it. I can't go a day without it. I want that. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking, saith, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. This is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days. We're living in apostolic days. We're living in those days. Saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. They said, what does this mean? What's going on? And Peter said, this is that. This, what, what you are experiencing, this, what you are seeing, this is that. What Peter was saying was, uh, what you are seeing is exactly what Joel prophesied in Joel 2, uh, 28 through 29. Uh, I want to tell you tonight, uh, truth doesn't come out of an experience, uh, but experience uh, comes out of truth. Every single this must have a that in the Word of God. This speaking in tongues, this speaking in the Holy Ghost is that. It is the outpouring of God's Spirit. Can I tell you that the church and its doctrines do not produce Pentecost? Pentecost produced the church and all its doctrines. See, we're so caught up in doctrine. And doctrine is good, and we are admonished to preach doctrine. We are admonished to preach sound doctrine. But there are entire churches right now today who are falling and seeking into a never-ending bottomless pit because their doctrine is on paper, and it's right. 
but they don't have an experience. They refuse an experience with God. There are churches, there are denominations who are dead, who are dry, who are lifeless because they have the right doctrine, but they are not radically changed by a real experience. The right doctrine will always follow the right experience. Have you experienced what God has for you? Have you had an encounter? Have you had an experience? The right doctrine will always follow the right experience. Paul did not ask. He did not say, do you believe there is a Holy Ghost? He did not say, do you believe there is a Holy Spirit? Because they could have answered that right. But he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Pentecostal preaching doctrine ensures that we believe in the Holy Ghost. But only Pentecostal preaching of spiritual prayer, hunger, desire ensures that we will receive. We will receive the Spirit of God inside of us. A believed in Pentecost is good. You know what's better? A received Pentecost. A received Pentecost is what to turn the world completely upside down. A received Pentecost is what's going to completely change our city. Everybody stand. Jesus said, I will, the, the scripture said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Somebody say all flesh. Somebody say everybody. All flesh. I want to tell you something. This is not a UPCI thing. This is not an ALJC thing. This is not a WPF thing. This ain't a Baptist thing. This ain't a Catholic thing. This is not a Kojic thing. This is a spirit thing. God wants everybody. God wants all flesh to be filled with the spirit of God. Whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're brown, whether you're red, whether you're yellow flesh, God wants all flesh to be filled with the Spirit of God. I know this is hard for us to accept, but the Holy Ghost is for rich people and it's for poor, for poor people. The Holy Ghost is for male and it's for female. The Holy Ghost... The Holy Ghost is for the homosexual. The Holy Ghost is for the lesbian. The Holy Ghost is for the transgender. The Holy Ghost is for the drug addict. The Holy Ghost is for the Republican. The Holy Ghost is for the Democrat. The Holy Ghost is for the young. The Holy Ghost is for the old. You want a fresh move of the Holy Ghost in your life? I want you to come to this altar right now. You want a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God? If you've never received the Spirit of God in your life, I want you to come to this altar right now. The revival reign of the Spirit of God is about to fall fresh in this place. As you're coming, I want to remind you, there's only two requirements for you to be completely full of the Holy Ghost. You've got to be flesh, and you've got to be thirsty. Everybody in this place, we're flesh. But I want to know, is there any thirsty flesh here tonight?
Is there anybody that's thirsty? Is there anybody that's longing? David said, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. And a dry and thirsty land where no water is. What David was saying was, God, I'm going to seek you even when it's not comfortable. God, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray even when it's not convenient because I have a thirst that nothing in this world can quench. I have a desire that nothing in this world can fill. I want to tell you this world, this city, Lynchburg, Virginia, is a dry desert and it leaves me parched. It leaves me dry. And the only thing that can deliver me and the only thing that can deliver somebody else from dying of that thirst is the Spirit of God. See, if we came to every service with the desire that you have right now, if we came to every service with the passion and the hunger that you ran to this altar with right now, we would never have a dry service, but the rain would always fall. we never have a service where we did not have a move of God. Because that kind of thirst, the thirst that I'm feeling right now, the thirst that I'm recognizing right now, that will break open the windows of heaven every single time we get together. I want to tell you tonight, the greatest privilege that we have is to gather together and to pray. The greatest weapon that we have is to come together and pray. If we fail in our prayer, if we fail in our altar calls, we fail everywhere else. If we fail right here, if we fail in what we're doing right now, we fail in everything else. We are living in the most critical hour in the history of the world. And the church cannot neglect the most critical responsibility that we have, which is to pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. God wants to fill somebody with the Spirit. Some people came in this place questioning whether they needed the Holy Ghost. Tonight is confirmation. You need it. You can't live without it. You can't make it to heaven without it. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Word of God says. You cannot see and you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven without having the Spirit of God in your life and being baptized in the name of Jesus. Somebody is going to be filled with the Spirit tonight. Somebody is going to be refilled with the gift of the Holy Ghost tonight. Do you want it? Do you want it? 